Hello and welcome back to the last episode of the Disciples. Last one, baby! I am Carter Trump and I'm joined by... James Sterner, guys. And today we're going to be kind of finishing off our series um, and talking about like practicing and like how you guys can use all the information we've given you to, um, I guess... Like practice and like keep getting better uh, at the sport of disc golf. Which, Absolutely. if you've made it this far, we assume you like it enough. <laughs> yeah. To uh, spend some time practicing and um, putting some time into the sport off the course. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's get into it uh, with our first topic, which is film yourself. Film yourself. Film yourself. Film yourself. I yeah. <laughs> like. Easiest way to get better. I every time that I've stopped to to do this and to really like get good video of how I throw, I get better so much faster. Yeah, um, lots of improvement. <laughs> yeah, as much because like you know, especially if you play with friends who are relatively around the same skill level as you, um, you they might not be comfortable saying something like, "Hey, you're rounding," or like, "Hey, you need to not do this." Because it's, you know, that's not always comfy. And, like, I personally always love when people do that, but people don't like to do that. Um, and so it's not it's not easy. So film yourself. Really take some time to look at how you're throwing and see, oh, that looks really weird. And that's probably wrong. <laughs> um, and compare it. Like, when you take your video and put it right next to, you know, a professional who has perfect form, like, um, I, I would recommend like Bradley Williams has almost textbook form. Like it's so, so smooth, so pretty, exactly what you're trying to do. So put it up against someone like that where you can really see, okay, my shot looks nothing like his shot. It feels good, but it's not doing what it's supposed to. So clearly I'm doing something wrong. Um, it's also fun because like you can then go back throughout your time playing and see how much you've improved and how so how much cleaner your form gets and better your yeah. form gets i have i have videos from like the third time i ever played disc golf um and like a year after that and a year after that where i have a montage now of like how sucky my form was at first <laughs> and my journey to getting you know where i am now which i feel like i have pretty decent form but there's definitely still i probably can do this more i can probably i should probably film myself and see you know what can i tweak what what needs to be better and more precise i mean and even if you feel like your form is decent and you're doing like okay like there's always going to be room for improvement right you're not paul Macbeth. you're not simon <laughs> yeah. lazat you're not eagle mcmahon you're not throwing like 650 feet yeah uh yeah, like you might not, not even be throwing 400 feet and that's okay probably not yeah but like building like building on your form and like improving constantly and like searching for ways that you can get better is how you really like progress like you have to put in that work um if you want to get better it's not just something that you can um like just walk out there and like be like top level just right off the bat if you don't practice Absolutely. um yeah, but filming filming yourself slow motion. Yeah, slow motion. Uh, if you have motion. an iPhone, uh, slow motion's easy. Uh, I don't know about Androids or anything if they can do slow motion, but figure out how to film yourself in slow motion um, so you can really like break down every single part of your form um, and look at like your your footwork, um, like where your feet are actually placed when you throw. Um, like where the disc is lined up, like we talked about in the last episode, having it, pulling it across, um, like your solar plexus, um, and, and, and even your like release and, and follow through, like, yeah. and are you following through? Are you tucking in your, your arm? And like all of that, like you might not catch it on like a normal video, but it's like slow motion, like any mistake you make, like you can see like everything. If you, if you do like a little hop, which is something that I used to do, um, like it took away a lot of my power and like being able to see that in slow motion, uh, like really helped. Yeah. I was like, Ooh, like that, that doesn't, that doesn't look, that doesn't look great. Yeah. <laughs> and that throw was not good either. So yeah, I've, I, I've been teaching someone before where I'm like, Hey, you're not, you're, you're putting your, your front foot way farther right than you need to be. And you know, they'll be like, okay, I'll, I'll try better. And they, they're like, yeah, I did it. Right. And I'm like, no, you didn't. And they're like, yeah, I did. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to film you. 
And they're like, great. And they do it. And they, they look at there and like, oh, shoot, <laughs> I'm not doing what I think I'm doing. Because it can feel like you're doing it right. Um, and even sometimes you'll get a, a really nice shot, even if you're not using good form. Um, but you will expose that if you really yeah. film yourself. And Because, like, we, we keep harping on it, but, like, consistency... Like, this is how you build consistency. Yeah. Like, breaking down your form, fixing the things that need to be fixed so that you can do the exact same thing every single time so that you know exactly where the disc is supposed to go. So you know exactly how you're supposed to be, like, throwing the disc for, like, any shot you take. Um, And, like, don't just film yourself, like, throwing straight. Like, film yourself throwing, like, hyzer angles and hyzer angles. Like... Get every every aspect of your game can be filmed and brought and and should be filmed. Yeah, um, because that's how you really like get nitpicky on on your form and fix the things that need to be fixed. Absolutely. Yeah. So next, we are going to address one of the questions that nearly everyone asks, no matter if you're brand new to the sport or if you've been playing for fifty years. Which no one's been playing for fifty years because it's not well. No, it is fit. Oh, pretty yeah, pretty it's close. Been, okay, <laughs> if you're steady, Ed Hedrick, and you're listening to this <laughs> podcast, you have been playing for fifty years. I'm so sorry, um, <laughs> but that's the question of distance. Um, everyone wants to throw farther. Everyone, you know, if you have thrown two hundred feet, you're like, let's go. I want to throw three hundred feet. And if you throw three hundred feet, you're like, let's go. I want to throw four hundred. 500, 600, whatever. I've gotten to the point where I can throw right about 500 feet, um, and I'm like, man, I want to throw 550, <laughs> and that's so greedy of me. But it's the disc golfer's curse. You always want to throw farther. Because um, once once you get to that like next like distance, it's like, oh, I I made it here. I can I can go one step further. Yeah, and also like. You'll if you start watching disc golf, you'll you'll hear the commentators comment on this a lot. It's that people are throwing farther than they ever have before. Yeah. Um, disc golf as a sport, holes that used to be like five years ago, like really challenging distances for players, are easy now. Like yeah, like a lot of times they are they're they're just going from like par average holes to 2.5 average holes if the par is three stuff like that which is just crazy for for that short of amount of time um but people are just getting good as the sport's getting bigger so also the the technology of like discs yeah. is is a large part of that too like the the discs that are coming out now um like fly so much farther like even a putter now flies farther than like what they were using like back at the like beginning of the sport yeah um like they like people are throwing putters like 450 feet and back then like even throwing a driver 450 feet was considered amazing like, yeah yeah it's considered insane absolutely <laughs> so a couple things we want to know on distance is one it's not everything um it's absolutely. it's helpful um but it's really only helpful if you're also accurate i mean if you can throw very seldom are there or there are holes that you're going to play that, you know, are thousand foot par fours or par fives or something where you can throw in a relatively general direction and you're going to be okay. You, most of the time you really have a, a spot that you want to be, even if it's towards that 500, 600 mark, whatever, where you also need to be able to throw on the right angle, the right, the right, uh, width, um, and stuff like that. So it's not everything. If yeah. if you can throw to a dime from 400 feet, you are going to beat people who can throw 500 feet in general direction every single competition you play. Yeah. Um, so consistency, it goes back to that, like what, what we keep saying, consistency is the key. Um, so if you're practicing, by all means, you know, go out to a field and throw and learn to throw far and learn to throw as as, as fast as you can um, so that you can start to build that. But remember that it's not it's not the most crucial thing. You don't want to spend every single moment of your, your practice time just trying to throw 500 feet. Um, but there are a couple of things to keep in mind is like the, the top 1% of disc golfers 
1%, which is a tiny number, um, can throw 550 plus. Um, and a lot of those guys, most of those guys are on the pro field. Um, they, you're going to see them throwing it and it's going to look easy because at that point you're just, distance is something that you can do and you've refined it and it looks easy, but it's not. Um, but there are plenty of pros that throw only 450 or 480 or whatever it is. Um, or even, even less than that. And they still win competitions. They still easily win local competitions, stuff like that. Um, putting is way more important than distance. Um, putting solves a lot of problems, but, um, it's really, it's really interesting. Um, so, I mean, I would say a good goal for, for amateur players is learn to throw 400 plus. Like that's, that's a great, great distance to be able to throw, um, especially if you can then throw it accurately, like learn to throw 400 plus and you'll, you'll do fine. Um, if you can't throw 400 plus and you're, you know, not over the age of 45, um, or under the age of, you know, 14, um, you can, you probably just need to work on your form. Um, and it's not like sometimes you're going to feel like I've hit a wall. Like, I cannot throw any farther than this. Um, me right now, like, sometimes I'll get over 500, but I feel like my discs stop at 495 <laughs> eight times out of 10 or nine times out of 10 or whatever. It's so aggravating. Um, but I just have to remember five feet isn't going to matter. You know, it's we, we like to think in these terms of, of levels of distance or of, of thresholds, but it's not going to matter that much if, if a hole is 500 feet, if you can throw 500 feet or if you can throw 490, you're still going to park the hole at 490. <laughs> also like something with like building your, your distance is like when you're practicing distance, like know how far you can throw. Yeah. Um, so like know what, what is the next step you're trying to get to? Yeah. Um, a, a great uh, tool for this is UDisc. Uh, their, their measuring uh, function. Um, is very useful um, if if you don't have UDisc or uh, like you want something that like you can physically see and like a better uh, I guess targets to to shoot for um, like a football field yeah. um, or any field with like markings on it you can say well I know how long the football field is so I'm gonna try and throw to like the opposite twenty yard line or whatever that's something that I used to do um, when I first started out is uh, I would go find a football field and just start from like one, one end zone and just try and throw as far as I could. Yeah. Um, and just like tried to try to build off that. Um, but like, don't also don't try and like, if you can only throw like 300 feet, like focus on throwing like 350, like don't try and go, don't try and jump from 300 to 400. Yeah. Like 400 throw your will, arm out. If yeah. You do that. 400 will come with time. But you just have to, like, put in the work. Uh, this sport, like, the people that are playing on the pro tour that can throw, like, absurd distances, they've been playing for, like, decades, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of them. Um, and even the one, like, the younger ones have been playing for, like, 10, 15 years. Um, like, people start out when they're really young. So don't feel like you have to, like, just walk onto the course and be able to, like, throw like 350 plus absolutely. right off the bat. Um, yeah, absolutely. So that all being said, you want to learn to throw farther. We know. We yes. want to learn to throw farther. So yes. we do. We will <laughs> talk about a couple of the things that make that possible. The biggest thing to realize and the biggest thing to overcome is your desire to absolutely obliterate a disc. It's mm -hmm. not about strength. It is not about strength. It's not about strength. It's not about the size that you are. Please go and look up a video of how far can Paige Pierce throw. It will prove to you that this is the case. She is a very small person, but she can absolutely throw so far. And it's not because she can bench press 200 pounds. I can't do that, but it doesn't even matter because it, it doesn't matter. It's about how fast you throw. So just like when, you know, a pitcher throws a, a 95 mile an hour fastball, it's about the speed he's throwing. Um, and 
you know, that takes certain muscles and certain strength, but it's, it's about how fast is your arm moving? Like you can, you can pull 300 pounds up from the ground at a slow pace and that takes a certain amount of force. But if you can throw, if you can pull that up at one second, then it's, that's going to matter. So all that to say, work on getting your, your form consistent and then learning how to do your form faster. Um, and that's like we said, like in the last episode, it's not about going as fast as you can. You still want it to be smooth and you want to be building momentum throughout the throw. So you don't want to reach back and at the beginning of your reach back, when you start to pull through, you don't want to be going as fast as you possibly can, but you want to be able to throw as fast as you can once you get close to that release point. Um, and that just, that comes with, with timing, with, um, learning how to put snap on it. But another thing that you need to realize is angle matters so much for distance. Yeah. Um, angle of the throw, like whether you're throwing on hyzer and hyzer, but also how the disc comes out of your hand. Mm -hmm. If you throw a disc nose up, you are not going to throw it very far. Um, it's just going to go up. It's going to run out of steam because there's more wind resistance on it um, that's hitting the edge. You have to learn to throw the disc nose down but flat and straight. Um, not at the ground but nose down. Um, it doesn't make a lot of sense like when you think about a disc flying through the air angled down straight. It seems like shouldn't that be going at the ground? But no, it, it, it works because the, the wind, even though – it's hitting the disc, the disc nose down, goes under it, and then lifts the back edge of it up almost from the tail of the disc, even when it's going forward. So it's weird, but but learn to do that. Um, learn to learn to get your arm speed up, um, but also really your timing, um, timing all those levers, all of those motions of the throw from your feet to your hips to your your arm and your 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 head, even where you're looking. Um, and and your timing is also like how you get that that fluid throwing motion. Yeah. Um, so like your your timing will change over time as you start to progress and as your throw starts to get like faster. Um, but like the the timing of your throw, the timing of everything, uh, that really influences how you're able to throw the disc. Um, that also influ influences your accuracy. Um, yeah. But. Um, like the timing is very important because everything has to be moving at once. Everything mm -hmm. has to be like moving fluidly. Like if you, if you stop like your arm, like mid throw, um, like you're going to lose all of that momentum that you built yeah. up and that's going to take away from the overall distance. Like if you, yeah. if you're not shifting your hips correctly, if you're not uh, shifting your hips and your arm and pulling your arm at the same time then that will influence the distance of your throw. Yeah. So, like, those are all things to look at, like, with timing, which really make a big difference in, like, the distance you're able to throw. Yeah, and it goes back to also what I said um, is that it's a ripple effect. It's like, yeah. you know, if, you're, if your hips are too fast for your arm, you're gonna, your arm is going to get caught, like, on your body, and you're not going to be able to, to pull it through correctly, and you're going to round. Or if your arm is too fast for the rest of your body – you're going to grip lock it and throw it directly to the right. Um, so it's learning that sequencing and and making it one fluid motion. So super, super important for the timing. And that's why we say, you know, take it slow at first. Um, learn that timing and then learn it at a slow pace. And then you can learn to take that same timing and move it faster and faster and faster. I mean, essentially, like what you're building with everything in this sport is is muscle memory. Yeah. Um, so doing it slow, you you build up that muscle memory. It's like, okay, this is what this is what it feels like mm -hmm. when I throw correctly. Um, and then as you get more and more comfortable with it, as you become more and more consistent, and that's when you start like taking it to the next step up. Then okay, I need to be doing it faster now, or like I need to be focusing on like this more. Um, well, like that, that's all like really important as far as like throwing distance and like having your shot be as consistent as possible. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, something that you'll hear a lot talked about, and especially when it comes to distance, is the snap of a disc. Um, 
Snap is really fun once you learn how to do it. Um, it's not something that necessarily you do intentionally. It just happens when you do everything right. But when you hear, when you watch someone who can throw really far and really fast throw and the disc comes out of their hand, there is an audible pop, like, out of their hands. Um, it's amazing. Like Sometimes go, it can be pretty loud. It's, it can, it's, be, it's, it's it can absolutely be pretty loud. Like, go look up a video of Drew Gibson throwing the buzz or... Um, I think it's on Brody Smith's uh, YouTube channel. Um, he throws buzzes, which are mid-ranges, five speeds, over 500 feet, and it's nasty. And the snap that that man gets on a disc is... Every single disc he throws. Yeah, you'd, you'd swear that he's smacking his mama or something. Like, it's so loud. <laughs> it's just so loud. Um, and it's awesome. And it really does help you because think about it this way. Um... If you're throwing really fast and it's the disc is consistently going 70 miles an hour, it's going to go so far. But when you get snap, you might throw the disc the first third of its flight 80 miles an hour and it eventually like slows down to, to that. It comes out of your hand and it's instantly 60 feet in front of you. Like That's what snap can do for you. Um, and that gives you so much more potential. Um, the biggest tip that I can give you guys that I've heard for, for helping your snap is it really is about timing, but something that you can focus on is when you really get the motion down and the timing down to where your front foot hits the ground right as your, the, your arm is at its farthest back point and you time it at that two points are synchronized, it really helps you to get snapped. Um, because that sends the ripple up your body and brings the, the disc forward. Um, I tried that a while ago and I was like, wow, like that just snapped. And I like, I've never done that before. Yeah. Um, it's also, I have found some people don't find this, but I've found that it's easier to learn how to snap a disc with lower speeds. Um, for some reason for me, I was able to snap putters far before I could snap anything else. Um, and maybe that's just the way my my hands are sized or the feel of a putter or how I grip it. But um, I think it's it's really helpful um, for me to do that. So maybe try that. Maybe not. Um, and, and another thing as far as, like, snap goes is, like, like the, the strength that you're holding the disc, right? Because you don't want to, like, grip it too hard. You don't want to, like, like loosely grip the disc you want to have that firm grip on the disc that allows it to actually get that snap get that resistance off your fingers so that it increases the the speed and like uh increases the spin of the disc yeah um because you're offering because like it snaps off of your fingers yeah um and you'll you'll definitely feel it you <laughs> you'll feel it and you'll hear it yeah um but the having that that like good grip strength, not too hard, not too soft, uh, really gets you like a good snap. And like all yep. of these things that we're saying, um, like build off one another. Mm -hmm. It's like you can't have the the snap that you're looking for without the arm speed and without the timing. Yeah. And you can't get that distance without all of them. Right. Like they they all build off of each other. Everything in disc golf builds off of something else. Yeah. Um, and it's very important to know, like, all the different aspects of each, like, I guess, part of the form um, so that you can maximize your distance, maximize your accuracy, and above all, like, the most important thing is being consistent. Yep, absolutely. Um, and so I also wanted to mention one more thing with distance. It goes back to what we said in an early ep earlier episode, but don't if – you're, if you're starting to learn distance – don't throw distance drivers. Um, learn to throw a mid-range 350 feet. Learn to throw a fairway driver 450 feet for even past 400 a fairway if you're, if you're in the first couple years of playing disc golf. If you can throw a fairway driver 400 feet, you are going to be better off because sometimes, you know, you can throw all of your discs about 300 feet and you start trying to learn how to throw distance shots and you're, you, you grab a distance driver and maybe that allows you to throw over 400 feet because you're putting it on this massive angle that it, you're not actually throwing it that fast. You're just getting your angle right. 
and it's a crazy line, and maybe it pushes you past that 400-foot mark. But if that's how you're trying to throw your big shots, it's not going to be consistent, and it's not going to be repeatable. You want to learn how to throw straight 400 feet. You want to learn how to throw flip up straight 400 feet because that's going to really allow you to grow into those distance drivers and grow into that able to get a full flight intentionally on a disc. Um, because really from that point, what, if you can throw your fairways 400 feet, you're going to step up to those distance drivers and you're going to get them closer to 450 if you can put all those things in practice. Um, it's also just going to help you because distance drivers really are um, – they just fly a little bit different than fairways and below. Um, so if you can learn with the lower speeds, it's going to show you how your um, – it's going to show you your issues with your angles and your your timing and everything better than distance drivers um, because distance drivers are made to go far. Um, and so they're, they have a little bit more tendency to do so, but – the issue people run into is they start learning how to throw distance drivers far but improperly and it's going to really limit you from growing to your most potential um, than if you do it right and you take the time to do it right um and while like distance is important like like we said before it's it's not everything right um like you can throw like 450 feet like that's that's cool like good for you now, can you throw it in the direction that you need to throw it? Can yeah. you make it, like, not hit the several trees that are on the hole and still get it 450 feet? Um, so, like, accuracy is, I guess... More important. Yeah, is more important than distance starting out. Distance becomes so much of, like, like if you're trying to be competitive, distance matters more, mm -hmm. but... If you're not accurate, it doesn't matter at all. Yeah. Um, Unless you, like, you know, can't throw more than 90 feet. <laughs> like, if you... Yeah. There, there, there are some things that you want to consider. You want to learn how to throw more than 250. If a 300-foot if par 3 uh, takes you to a quadruple bogey or more... Because your distance yeah, is the problem? Yeah, because your distance is a problem. Yeah, maybe... Go ahead and focus on it. Yeah, focus on distance only. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, so you want to, you want to work on your accuracy too. And there are ways to do that. Um, learn to throw your angles, learn to throw mm -hmm. them, you know, repeatedly. Like if you can't, if you're still figuring out how to throw angles, go out to a field and say, I'm going to work on hyzers until I don't throw a, an anhyzer when I'm actually trying to throw a hyzer. Or throw flat shots and learn how to throw flat shots without throwing them on hyzer or anhyzer. Like and and they like your your shots will fade uh, to the left. That doesn't necessarily yeah. mean it's a hyzer, but like having that initial like straight flight yep. out of your hand. Yeah, yeah, is 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 what you want to be focused on. Um, and like knowing knowing your discs as well, like knowing what they do can also help with accuracy because that helps you with like the actual shots that you're picking. Yeah. Um, like, how do I, like, what disc do I need to make this shot happen? How can I be the most accurate with it? And uh, that all comes with, like, practicing your accuracy when you're not trying to throw the disc into a basket. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and something that's really helpful is, you know, if you have the margin to do this, buy a practice basket. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, you can get a, a decent practice basket from anywhere from, like, you know, $70 all the way up to expensive ones that are closer to $500. But Amazon has some great baskets for around $100. And, you know, that's pretty expensive. But if you're if you're serious about getting better, having a basket in your backyard to putt on is one of the most helpful things ever. I cannot yeah. tell you how many times in the last three years it's been, like, 11 p.m. or later at night, and I'm, like... I am so not tired right now, I've, and I've just gone outside and putted for twenty minutes. It's it's been so it's been yeah. so many times, like so many times. Something uh, something that I've done with my practice basket is I, I've taken it out into like a a field with nothing in it. Yeah, and I I put the basket. I think I put it like three hundred feet away, and I threw almost my entire bag 
trying to get it as close to the basket as possible. Not trying to make it in the basket, but just like yeah. getting it within circle one or um, like within like trying to park it um, and just trying to like figure out like okay, what like what do I need to do to get all of these discs to fly the exact same distance and be like and be like and have the same amount of accuracy uh, with all of them. But like then you can. Like, say you're getting accurate at 300 feet, then you push it out to, like, 350 or 400 yeah. and try and, like, be accurate. Like, even if you're not getting it all the way there, like, at least having it, like, in uh, – having it be around where you want it to be. Or, like, say yeah. I want to throw a hyzer shot off to the right, but then have it end uh, – like in the middle, like where the basket actually is, and if you don't get it all the way, like it's fine. At least you're throwing it where you want to throw it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, some tips for this and for just improving your accuracy is, like Carter said, definitely take take a basket out or just go to your local course and you know go throw in a hole that's relatively open or or, yeah. or even in the woods and practice hitting that gap. But um, a like, lot of people fall into the problem of trying to throw to the basket. This is not. This is not going to help you with accuracy unless you're trying to ace. <laughs> yeah. Um, you want to pick a point. You want to choose a specific point that's not the basket that you're trying to throw your disc to. Um, and maybe that's even like halfway to the basket in a certain height of the air that you – like some people like to imagine like a hula hoop somewhere that they're trying to throw through. And they know if I throw through that hula hoop, it's going to go right where I want it to. Or like – um, for me, I like to, you know, especially if I'm throwing on an angle, like a hyzer angle or like an anhyzer angle, I like to pick a point of the width that I want to throw and throw straight at that point because I know that my disc is going to finish. Um, whereas I'm not trying to like throw at the basket, but on an angle and just let my body do that angle. Like I'm trying to throw to a specific spot that I know if my disc gets there, it's going to finish and it's going to go to the spot that I want, which is actually, like, next to the basket. Like, another thing that, that people think is when they're trying to even throw straight shots to the basket, they throw to the basket. And when you're trying to throw toward, like, at a basket, if you're trying to – if you're thinking throw this at the basket, you're probably going to go 30 long. So most people don't think about this. But if you try and think about it more like I want to throw to the ground under the basket – um, a lot of people find that really helpful because – or just like the, like look at the ground like 20 feet in front of the basket and think, I want to throw there. Odds are you're going to throw it right underneath the basket because just there's more glide on discs than you think or it, it skips up to there. Um, don't aim for the basket. It's not going to help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why I said go go out into a field where you're not trying to actually like play. It takes a lot of the, the stress off. And, like, having something out there that you can, like, throw towards. Even, like, and if you don't have a basket, you can uh, you can even use, uh, like, hula hoops. I've seen people, yeah. videos of people hanging hula hoops from trees. Yeah. And, uh, or uh, if there's a soccer field, like, you can try throwing your discs uh, on different angles and trying to make it into the net. Yeah, I do that all the time. Um, and uh, even, like, going back to the, the football field, the one thing that I used to do was... I would stand on certain parts of the the goal line and try and say, okay, I'm going to try and throw it to, like, the the numbers on the the forty. Yeah. And try and get it as close to that as possible from like different uh, different spots, throwing different angles. Um, so really, me- mess around with your angles, mess around with, uh, like, I guess any way that you would consider throwing your disc uh, for like the most consistency because. Um, like you, you will be put in situations that are that you are not prepared for when you are playing disc golf. Uh, your disc might skip somewhere weird, or you might grip lock it. Yeah. But a lot of times, you're going to end up in a spot that could be difficult. So, like being able to throw a lot of different ways and still be accurate really helps. And Absolutely. like broadening the amount of throws that you can do yeah. is why practice is so important. Oh, so important. Um, yeah, a lot of people especially have a mentality like, you know, if I just play rounds a lot, I'm going to get better. Not always the case. Yeah. Um, you, 
you really want to have field work. You want to have days where you just go out to a random field that has no baskets, that so it's not even tempting, and just throw your discs on the lines that you want yeah. to. Um, because field work is going to help you so much um, with that when you can just... Because when you're playing a course, if you think about it, if you're playing an 18-hole par 3 course, that's uh, 54 shots if you get par. If you get even par, it's 54 shots. Maybe you get more than that and you bogey some holes or you birdie some holes, whatever. That's not that many shots, especially in a two- or three-hour period if you're playing a course. But if you go out to a field and you just have time to throw shots, you're probably going to throw 200 shots. 300 shots maybe um and so that's way way more practice than if you're just playing a, a a simple round um so definitely do that take time to practice your putt like if i can tell you guys anything and you want to get better as a disc golfer the one thing the biggest thing that i can tell you is learn how to putt and learn how to putt consistently from us your set given uh range if you if you think about the circle circle one the green as uh, as the space in which you are confident that you're going to make your next shot into the basket, the difference in that being a 20-foot diameter circle and that being a 40-foot diameter circle for you that you're comfortable in is the difference of potentially, you know, eight strokes, 10 strokes, 12 strokes. So if you're shooting... If you're comfortable and you think I am positive that I'm going to make it in if I'm 15 feet or closer, that's great. But if you're shooting an average of six over par for a course, if you can push that comfortable zone out to 25 feet, you're probably going to be shooting under par. Yeah. Like that's – it's so much different. Putting makes up for a lot of issues when you're on the course. Um so take time to putt. It's it's muscle memory. So you want to do, you know, you don't want three-hour sessions every other week. You want, you know, if you can, ideally, you know, if it's wise for you, take 20 minutes a day to putt or, you know, something like that. Or even like like if you're, like if you're playing consistently, like show up early. Like, yeah, show up early before like maybe you're meeting people to play or whatever. Um, and just like practice putting, like most courses will have a practice basket that you can use um, to practice putting. Um, so like practice putting, like when you're not playing, practice putting like right before you play. Because um, like putting, putting consistency can really change your game. Um, I mean, that's the main thing that I'm working on right now. Because uh, and that that's another thing having to do with like distance not being everything, right? Because who cares if you can throw it 450 feet if you can't make a 20-foot putt? Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, I mean, those are all things to, like, take into consideration, like, when you're practicing and stuff um, and trying to, like, build that accuracy and, like, figure out, like, what discs you have and what they do. Yeah. Um, and also, like, getting new discs. Um, like, the flight numbers will only tell you so much about a disc. Yeah. Um, actually throwing the disc is different. Like, some... Uh, some discs might have flight numbers that make you think they're going to do one thing and then you throw it and it does something that's not necessarily what... Even, even close. Yeah, even close to what the numbers say it should be. Uh, yeah. The MVP Wave is one of the, one of those uh, kinds of discs. It's far more flippy than the numbers say it yeah. should be. A lot of Discmania discs say that they're a four fade, which is like... Almost the most that you can have, and they're not even close. Like, not even close. Yeah. <laughs> so, getting comfortable with your discs, as, like, when you get a new disc, take it on practice with it before you actually use it. Because, I mean, you want to know what that disc does before you throw it in a round. Um, yeah. And that, like, doing that will also help with your accuracy because, like, you know what the disc does before you throw it. Um, and you know, like what you need to do to be able to make that disc fly correctly. Absolutely. Uh, um, so the next thing that we want to talk about, that's honestly, like, I think, especially when it comes to the mental side of disc golf, super helpful is watching disc golf. Like if, if you want to get better and you want to be inspired, go watch pro tournaments. Like Jomez pro is such a fun an incredibly engaging channel on on youtube and it's the 
the number one uh, disc golf videography company, the cinematography, or whatever. What do you call it? Like coverage. Like yeah, coverage. They they cover all the major tournaments pretty much well, that like, you're gonna watch, and from from worlds to um, to United States Disc Golf Championships to local A tier tournaments, stuff like that. They they cover it all, and the commentators are the best commentators in all of sports. They're so funny. Um, yeah, they're the, disc golfers themselves, yeah. and they play in some of the tournaments and even cut, like commentate on their own rounds, and it's just hilarious. Um, so go go watch. Um, if you have any doubt whether it's fun or inspiring to watch, go watch 2019 Worlds. Um, such a good event. Incredible stuff happens at that event, um, and it's just like, how are they even throwing like that? Like, it's... It's insane. Yeah. Um, do and do that. A lot of uh, and a lot of uh, pro disc golfers even have their own YouTube channels. Absolutely. Where a lot of them, uh, they do like form breakdowns. They do like uh, like tips and stuff. But they also just do like messing around, having fun playing disc golf. Yeah. Um, there's, I mean, there's a lot of like fun things that you can do with disc golf, and I mean, it adds like more of a challenge and adds like it breaks up like the monotony of just like playing. Like, maybe you only play one course, but, like, playing, like, a different kind of game within disc golf yeah, uh, can, like, help you improve, uh, can help you be able to, uh, like, make better decisions when you're trying to take shots that maybe you're not completely comfortable with. But also, it's just fun to do. Like, there's uh, there's a card game called uh, Ripped Revenge. Yeah. Uh, that if you if you play with, like, a, a group of people, uh, it can be it can be a lot of fun. Um you get to uh, like make people take shots that they normally wouldn't take. You get to uh, like choose other people's discs. Yeah. So it's it's a good time. But like Absolutely. there there's a ton of uh, like videos just of just like other stuff you can do with disc golf aside from just playing disc golf. Yeah. Um, so there, there's a lot of stuff out there. But I I think the the main thing that we uh, use disc golf for is uh, like our practice and like learning forms and. Uh, and also just, like, watching the pros play. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, like, I think one of the biggest things for me has been, like, watching, you know, the different variations of forms. Like, like we said, there are, there are a lot of variations of a backhand form or a forehand form or something like that. And maybe the textbook backhand form is just hard for you. And maybe you want to learn something else. You want to try new things. Like... There are some people that throw crazy weird ways and are fantastic at it. And I I definitely don't recommend doing this first. But once you really have spent some time learning how to, you know, throw proper form or something, you can start to look at the slight variations that Paul McBeth uses for his form or Ricky Wysocki uses for his form or Calvin Heimberg or whoever it is. Um, and you can kind of see, like, maybe if I try doing it a little bit more like them, you know, you're going to learn a lot that way. Um it's also for me was one of the biggest things for my personal game was um, there's something about watching disc golf that makes you want to play disc golf. Like, yeah, like you watch a, a, a professional tournament coverage round and as soon as it's over, it's like, man, I want to go putt. <laughs> I want to go. I want to go play around. And often it's hard because it's already nine o'clock at night and you, you're watching it. But um, it's going to be it's going to be motivating to want to get better um, for sure. Um, so definitely go watch YouTube, watch Jomez, Simon watch Pro Lazat, yeah. uh, his disc golf channel is really good, uh, Eagle McMahon, uh, Drew Gibson, Paul McBeth, yep. uh, Brody Smith, those are like the main ones that I watch. Yep, Swanky Disc Golf, Swanky go disc watch golf. Swanky Disc Golf, it's a bunch of TFC grads, um, Reed Osmond, Luke, uh, Richter, Luke Richter, um, Will and Lou, a uh, bunch of them uh, just... Super fun. They're they're we make starting some to guest get appearances. Occasionally. We have made some guest appearances. <laughs> um, they support our um, our college nationals teams. Um, go watch Swanky Disc Golf. They're so much fun. Um, they're shameless plug. Yeah, shameless <laughs> plug. Go watch them. Um, even if you don't watch anything else, watch them because um, they're great guys and they deserve your support and your attention. And also, something else um, that I think YouTube is really good for with disc golf is like a lot of times new discs come out. Yep. And like people don't really know anything about them. Well, it's not you're not gonna go spend like twenty five dollars on a disc that you know nothing about. Yeah. Uh, so like if you want to research certain kinds of discs, if you want to see people actually throw those discs, like 
Go to YouTube, look up that disc, look up like the specific kind of plastic that you want it in too. Yeah. Because like we mentioned before, plastic does have like an effect on the flight of a disc. Yeah. Um, but like it's great to use for like research, like when you're trying to actually build your bag. Yeah. Um, a lot of uh, professional disc golfers will have like, they call them uh, like in the bag. Uh, where they just go through like their whole bag, all their discs, and kind of like why they have it. Yeah. Um, so it'll kind of help you like, like make your own bag and figure out like what kind of discs you want. What and, am I missing? Yeah. What are like, you missing? Yeah. Um, stuff like that. So Absolutely. all like all of this kind of like builds off of each other. Um, like the when you go to build your bag, like what. What what you're physically able to do will be determined by your practice and your form. Yeah. And then what you want to do will be the things that you see on YouTube. And uh, it just kind of works hand in hand, I guess. Absolutely. Um, but YouTube is a great resource um, for any disc golfer. Yeah. Uh, especially, like, if you don't – say you don't have somebody that you know that's been playing for a while and can kind of help you out. Um, disc golf uh, – YouTube disc golf disc golf YouTubers <laughs> are a great resource um, for anyone that's just trying to learn more about this border um, kind of figure out what what you're not doing that you should be doing or what you're doing that you shouldn't be doing yeah um, absolutely so definitely definitely uh, go just spend watch some, some time golf. yeah watch some disc golf on YouTube yeah um, absolutely um, last thing that we're gonna mention is go play tournaments. Go play leagues. Yeah. Um, you you might you're probably going to be listening to this and thinking to yourself, "Oh, I'm not that good yet." It does not matter. There is a place for you at those tournaments. There is a place for you at those leagues. There are people that are going to be worse than you, no matter how often that you've played. Maybe this is your first time playing and you've played once and you're listening to this. There are going to be people that are worse than you. Yeah. How, like, <laughs> in, in whatever you do, there's probably always going to be somebody worse than you. And, well, it just – it's it doesn't even matter though because even if you're yeah. the worst person there, everyone's going to be super supportive and wants you to be there and wants you to see you grow. Yeah. So go play a tournament. Sign up for a recreational division or a novice division. Like that is meant for people that have like barely played disc golf. Mm-hmm. And every single tournament – that you can find has that division. Um, and then, you know, work up from there. Play recreational, play um, intermediate, then play advanced. Then, you know, if you get good enough, play professional. Like, it's so accessible to you, and it's going to be so much fun to learn that side of the sport and the competitive side of the sport. Um, and it's really just, like, a great experience all around because, like, the disc golf community, as we've said a couple times, is just, like, a really great community of people. Yeah, absolutely. And, like... We enjoy uh, people, like other people being interested in our sport. We enjoy sharing uh, it. Yeah, sharing our sport with other people and trying to get as many people to play disc golf as possible. It's why we made this podcast. Yeah, like <laughs> we love it and we want you guys to know it. Like there is a something special about this sport that that just brings out really good times and good attitudes and um, sometimes bad attitudes. <laughs> but, but that's all part of the experience, um, all part of the disc golf experience. Um, so go go play some leagues. Leagues are fun too, especially if you don't have many friends that play disc golf. Um, you can start to build them there because there are people that play there at the same league, at the same doubles every single week. And you'll get to know them and, you know, then you have some disc golf friends. Yeah, or like – uh, a lot of people will play disc golf like in the same like they'll play multiple courses in an area. Yeah. So I mean, you go to tournaments, you meet some people that play in the area. You might just see them at a random course. Yeah. Um, like I, I have friends that I've made through disc golf where I've seen them at the course that I normally don't see them at. I'm like, oh, hey, you're here. You yeah. Want to play? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's it's a great it's a great way to make friends. It's a great way to build uh, like your own disc golf community. And uh, just, like, make the most out of, like, playing the sport. Because, I mean, it's meant to be played with other people. It's meant to be played in groups. Um, and it's just, I, I just think it's a lot more fun that way. I've, I've enjoyed all the competitive uh, events that I've been to in the, the, the tournament that we did. Yeah. Um, so definitely recommend. I mean, some, some tournaments are going to be a little bit more expensive. Uh, but like local uh, tournaments, I mean, sometimes they might be free. They might be like five bucks. Um, 
But, I mean, like, check and see what's out there because the disc golf community is a fantastic community of people, and uh, I, I love being a part of it, and I love bringing more people in. So don't be afraid to uh, put yourself out there and get into some tournaments. Absolutely. Well, that brings us to the end. That is all we have for you guys. We want to end it on another quick Devo, um, end it on what's most important. Um, so the, epi- the, the theme of this episode has really been revolved around training. Um, and when it comes to, to disc golf, you know, you're not going to get better in, unless you train. And the same is true in our, our walk with Christ um, and our, our ability to fight off temptation, our ability to um, have patience, our ability to be kind and loving to people. Um, I, when I think about training um, and I think about my faith, um, I typically think about uh, 1 Corinthians 9. Um, Paul says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get the crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone who runs aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. We we need to train, you know. If you guys want to get better at disc golf, you need to go putt, you need to go do field work. Same thing is true about our faith. If we're not spending time in the Word, if we're not spending time in prayer, if we're not seeking out brothers and sisters who can run that race with us, just like if we're, you know, we'd rather play disc golf with people, we also want to do our faith with other people that love God and love others well. Um, You know, I think about, like, often when I'm playing, you know, we have local pros on campus and we have really good pros on campus and we have just people that are better than me and I'm like... I constantly think, man, I really want to play with them because playing with them makes me better. And the same is true with our walk with Christ. If we surround ourselves with people that are positive, with people that are rooted in the word, that are self-controlled and patient and kind, we're going to want to be like those people and we're going to want to be training even harder. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys so much. We have enjoyed having you guys. We've enjoyed this process. We hope that you have been blessed by this podcast. We um, hope that you learned something because yeah. I mean that's that's the whole reason why we did it. We're like we want to we want to teach people about disc golf and say some of the things that we wish that we had been told. Yeah. Uh, when we first started out playing, instead of figuring it out over time. So we do hope that you guys learned something, and we appreciate you for listening. Absolutely. This has been the Disc Disciples podcast. We hope you have a wonderful day.